Sometimes the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. And thanks again for joining me here at the Back of the Range Golf Podcast. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 41. Well, I'm still trying to recover from the odd sleep schedule that I was on over the weekend because, of course, I had to watch the Ryder Cup live despite the time difference in Paris, France. So at the time that I'm recording the intro to this week's episode, here's what we know. As catchy as that song is, I don't need to hear the Tommy Fleetwood and Francesco Molinari chant anymore. Patrick Reed apparently wanted to play with Jordan Spieth, but Jordan Spieth didn't want to play with Patrick Reed. And then he apparently stated that he was stuck with Tiger. Oh, wait, someone in the team room is now saying that Reed begged to play with Tiger. Oh, and DJ and Brooks apparently had to be separated during the Euros victory party. Well, here's the thing. I've never really liked to focus on golf gossip. I think that all this crap will blow over and we'll be left with the simple fact that Europe played better and they had home field advantage and that's why they have the Ryder Cup. In two years, at Whistling Straits, the United States will have the home field advantage. Will the USA play better golf? Well, that's that's the interesting question. So, before we get started with this week's episode, don't forget, all of our episodes are available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. The central hub, thebackoftherange.com. And I'll keep saying it, please leave a review in Apple Podcasts. We give free stuff away all the time here. So if you like what you hear, you like the podcast, leave a review, let me know that you did, and we'll send you one of our free caddy towels. We'll send you a beer koozie. We got all sorts of stuff around here. It's just our little thank you for supporting the Back of the Range. Don't forget, we are on Instagram. We're there at the Back of the Range podcast. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. All the links that you need to get in touch with us are in the show notes of the episode of this podcast. This week, we're going to head back into the college ranks. I was able to catch up with a childhood friend of mine that's now actually the head coach of the men's team at the University of Nevada. Our guest this week is Jacob Wilner. Jacob played collegiately at Coastal Carolina University before moving on to Nevada. He also worked at the Hank Haney International Junior Golf Academy. He's played in multiple USGA championships, so he's not just coaching the game, he can play it a little bit as well. And before we get to the episode, I do need to congratulate Coach Wilner and the Nevada Wolfpack. Yesterday, they won the Nick Watney Invitational at Dragonfly Golf Club in Madera, California. The individual medalist was Nevada sophomore Joey Verzich. Remember that name because we will discuss him a little bit later in the episode. So let's get things started. Coach, it's been a long time. Congrats on the victory. Welcome to the Back of the Range Golf Podcast. I'm doing great, Ben. Thanks for having me. Yes, it has been a long time. I know. Good so, to reconnect. I know. We well, you know, we have to. We we always start these episodes with a little bit of uh, background information of uh, our guests and where they started uh, their their venture in the in the game of golf and where they grew up. And and I know the answer to this, but most people don't. We both grew up in the exact same hometown, Coral Springs, Florida. So um, to further illustrate our, our age and how much older we are than people that listen to podcasts, why don't you tell everyone how we met? Well, we played uh, we played baseball together, if I remember correctly. It was probably when we were 13 to 16, maybe somewhere in that range. And I remember you were, you were probably a year or two older than me and you were a significantly better baseball player than I was. I just kind of was out there 
give it my best. I remember you were you were good, and, and I know we grew up probably within a five-minute bike ride from each other. Exactly. Well, uh, I may have had your number on the on the baseball diamond, but you you're definitely have my number on the golf course. So we uh, we both went to the same high school in Coral Springs, a little bit different years. but So you, you played at Terrebella High School in Coral Springs. Tell me about growing up in South Florida, playing junior golf, and, and where that led you um, into your college days. Yeah, I mean it was an ideal ideal place to grow up, uh, hotbed for for you know for golf and uh, certainly a lot of talented players that are in our age range. And you know I had a, a brother that's five years older that was a good player himself, and my dad my dad played and got me into it. And yeah, growing up in South Florida and playing the courses we did uh, was definitely a, a huge advantage for me looking back for sure. And you you played well in high school and, and got re- you know, found yourself playing collegiately. Um, you played at Coastal Carolina University in Myrtle Beach. Um, I know most people listening, as soon as they hear that university, they automatically think of Dustin Johnson. But where where did you get recruited? How did that process occur that led you to play at Coastal Carolina? Yeah, I mean, re- re- recruiting, you know, 10 or however many years ago, um, a million years ago, it feels like uh, well, certainly a lot different than it is now. Um, you know, no cell phones. Uh, no email addresses, um, so a little bit different. <clears throat> but I did get recruited at some some bigger schools. I had a pretty good junior career, um, and I took a visit to Coastal Carolina, uh, which was a smaller school at the time. It's since grown with you know the number of students, but I just loved the feel of it. Uh, I, I remember you know growing up in South Florida when when you put it on those nasty uh, Bermuda greens yes. where you played in the afternoon, and, and it was just. It was terrific, and I went to this place called Wild Wing, um, which at the time had four golf courses and had, to this day, the biggest putting green I've ever seen, and it was just perfect uh, bent grass, and it was one of the first things I saw on campus, and I told my dad right away that this is where I want to go, and I want to be the best putter I could possibly be. Um, so that was kind of my experience, and, and I made I made a great decision. I, I, I loved my experience there. Well, and obviously you played really well. You're three-time All-Big South Conference. Uh, you you had the 54-hole scoring record uh, yeah. of, of 205 in in uh, in 1999. It's it's since got surpassed by a handful of guys. But you know, most people think of Myrtle Beach as kind of a uh, a golf travel destination. I know I've been there a handful of times. Seems like. Any time of the year, you could probably pay, play like seven rounds of golf in in six days for what seems to be you know three hundred bucks. It just it's it's kind of a, a discount golf uh, you know paradise where there's just courses all over the place. Uh, what was it like going to college in that kind of a town? Well, being a golfer it was great. So Coastal Carolina University's campus is in Conway, and Conway is um, you know probably I'm t- kind of taking a guess, but it's probably a you know seven eight maybe 10 mile drive, um, to the actual beach. But man, there's at the time when I was there, there was over hundred golf courses. So, um, you know, we, we definitely had the, the relationship with the courses and, and my coach at the time, who still is a PGA pro, uh, had great relationships. So we, we had, we had the opportunity to play just a multitude of golf courses. So, you know, that variety and different grasses and different courses definitely helped us, uh, get better too. 
And being in that town with all these golfers that are coming in and, and you know, 40-year-old, uh, 40-year-olds or 50-year-olds married with the kids and the wife lets the wife lets them out for yep. uh, for a weekend and they come into town, you ever run up against any of these guys at the golf courses? I mean, these got to be just, you know, pigeons, just easy money for, for, for gambling games. I mean, <laughs> I mean, college kids, you know, you, you got to eat, you got to get your pizza and beer. Yeah. I mean, we're, you know, obviously not supposed to gamble when we're playing, no, but, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> but I, I think it might happen from time to time. Um, I know that, uh, after I graduated is when I really, uh, you know, when I, I actually turned pro for a brief stint, but uh, that's when I started getting into playing in money games and that, that 100% made me a better player. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely, there's definitely a, a, a cast of characters um throughout the you know the months like you know, october november is huge in myrtle beach and then april may is is huge you know just when the weather is perfect and the golf courses are pristine so there's you definitely you definitely uh saw some interesting things in the golf course but so you you play professionally for a little bit and then you moved into um your career as an instructor and gosh you know you, you have some pretty pretty good name uh, affiliations here. You worked as an assistant golf pro in Los Angeles from, from 03 to 06 at Wilshire Country Club. But I really wanted to ask you about your experience as an instructor at the Hank Caney uh, International Junior Golf Academy. So that's up in Hilton Head. How did that position uh, come about? How did you transition from player to instructor? Um, yeah, I, I was very fortunate. I worked at, I actually got my start in the golf business um out in la at bel air country club and i worked there for about six months i was kind of I, I met the the, the long time pro there playing in events in south florida and he offered me a job he said hey i don't really have a whole lot for you right now but he knew i was moving out there um and he gave me a start you know i was working outside services and then and i you know graduated into the pro shop and then the and then the first the the full-time job came open at wilshire and you know, I, I took that and that really helped but I, I went to Hank Haney for the for the sole purpose of getting into college golf. I knew that's that's the direction I wanted to go, and I did my research and I saw that a lot of um, universities are hiring uh, instructors that you know at, at, at golf schools like like Hanks and then like IMG down in South Florida. Um, so I went there with the sole purpose of you know building my resume, um, you know learning about you know, becoming a better instructor, being around junior golfers, which, you know, subsequently uh, led for, you know, for me to get hired at, at Nevada. I, I guess one of the questions I have is that, you know, working at, at such a, a high profile institution, such as, uh, you know, Haney's uh, Academy in, in Hilton Head, did you have to learn not only the golf swing, but also how to, how to teach it, how to communicate your, your thoughts and ideas, but I guess more importantly, uh, how to to deal with juniors you know th- their maturity levels um you know what were some of the early things you learned from hank haney and from the other instructors there on how to communicate effectively to to juniors well i learned mostly uh about just preparation tournament preparation um you know there's a and, and the difference between you know when it's time to kind of make some some adjustments in your swing and and when it's time to prepare for a golf tournament and I'm more of the coach and instructor now that is more preparation um trying to prepare yourself to play competitive golf because you know the college golf season is 
is very quick. Um, and there's really not a lot of time to be messing around and making major swing changes. It's more about just preparing for tournaments and short game and management and, and exercise and diet and all the other stuff that go into it that um, I think has a, a bigger effect than messing around your golf swing. Sure. Well, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Nevada. You you spent a couple years as as an assistant, and then you, you get the the head job. When you first heard about an opening at the University of Nevada, now you're a, I mean, you're a South Florida guy. I know you spent some time in California, but South Florida, humid, um, you know, even Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, same thing, playing on all this Bermuda. Um, you get the, the, the call or you get the, the information that there's an opening at, in Nevada. Did you know anything about Nevada golf or anything at all? What was your first impression of Nevada? Well, I'm actually impressed that you know how to say Nevada properly. Um, most people on the East Coast, myself included, before I got hired, say Nevada. Oh, um, no. I, well, I read a book. Yeah. I, I, well, see, I'm yeah. a professional uh, <laughs> broadcaster here, so I, uh, I did my right. homework here. <laughs> That's good. Well, we, we actually had shirts on campus that say it's Nevada, not Nevada. Um, but, yeah, no. <laughs> but I, I honestly, um, I, didn't, uh, I didn't know uh, much of anything. Um, you know, I hadn't... Uh, about the university, I know that uh, uh, the, the guy that hired me um, obviously showed some belief in me as what you know what I was what I was doing beforehand in my in my background that we just talked about, and um, you know we actually had a one of the best teams in Nevada history was my first year coming in. We had we had as an assistant we had a, a very older team and a very talented team, um, so it was a fun experience right away. I believe I believe we won three or four tournaments that first year. Um, and we just missed, just missed out on regionals because as I'm sure we'll talk about, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty difficult to get into, but I, I, I literally knew nothing. I, I packed my car. I was from, from Hilton head and I drove, I drove, I think it was like 2,700 miles from Hilton head to, to Reno. I did it by myself. I did it in three days, oh. you know, 12, 13, 12, 13 hour days with uh, a bag of sunflower seeds each day. And then the windows down, just kind of <laughs> pump, pumping through the United States, uh, in my, uh, in my car during the middle of summer. Wow. I was really excited though. So, I mean, I, yeah, I guess that I did it in three days. I mean, I, I knew this is what I wanted to do and it was going to be my, you know, my kind of my career choice, uh, that I'd be doing for probably the rest of my life. Um, so I, yeah, I, I pumped it out in three days. It was, it was tough. I mean, I stopped, uh, I'm trying to think where I stopped. I think I stopped and made it from Hilton to just outside of Illinois. And then I stopped in, uh, in Blair or not, uh, Cheyenne, uh, Wyoming, Wyoming. Yeah. And then I, and I pumped it all the way through. I think the last day was like 13, 14 hours, man. It's, it's a long way from, from <laughs> Cheyenne to, to, to Reno. That's a, that's a lot of travel. So you mentioned that, that you just, you knew this is what you wanted to do and you think this is what you want to do for, for, for the foreseeable future. What is the biggest draw, the biggest attraction that you have to, to coaching collegiate golfers? What's the, if you had to, I know it's a, a tough question to, to put it into one, uh, to give one solid answer or one uh, definitive answer, but what's the one thing that really attracted you or, or that really attracts you to coaching college golf? I mean, you just get to work with, with elite athletes. I mean, it's so hard to be a division one athlete in any sport. And obviously my background is, is golf. Um, you know, and, and to be able to, to do something for a living that I thoroughly enjoyed. I mean, college was the best four years of my life and somehow I graduated on time in four years. And, you know, I was, I was fortunate enough to be a part of a team that, that never had one conference before. And we won three out of four years when I was there. And, 
um, to kind of continue my experience with uh, with with college athletics as a player to transition into a coach. I mean, I'd be hard pressed. I would think that every every other coach that that does it that has played Division One golf, you know, that's in the industry that I'm in. I would probably would bet would agree with it. Just just an amazing experience and to be around such awesome athletes and to kind of just help them help mold them and guide them and just give them, you know, just some advice on, cause you, cause you've been in their shoes and you know sure. what they're going through and the, and the ups and downs of, of, of golf and, and all the other stuff and the adversity that comes up as a player and just to kind of help them out and tell them things are going to be all right and give them a little bit of advice here and there, give them a little kick in the butt every now and then when they need it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I try to keep things pretty casual. Sure. Well, the interesting dynamic that you have in your team is, you know, you're, you're a younger guy. I mean, you're, you're early forties and you're not just a, a experienced instructor. You, you have the collegiate playing experience, but you're, you're also playing some really great golf yourself right now. So you did get into that USAM in 98. That was right after college, but you know, I'm just looking here at a few of your, your stats. I mean, before the U.S. Publinks went away, you qualified for that in 2013. You're the Nevada State Match Play Champion in 2014. Uh, you represented Nevada at the, the USGA State Team in 2016. You've won a handful of uh, you know county amateur events. What's it like when you can go out to a, a team practice and pretty much hold your own with with your own players and you know sometimes beat them? How's that? You know, it's kind of a unique dynamic that you have there. Yeah, it's it's fun. Um, I think my all the guys that play for me, they, they probably would agree that I, I kind of hit it all over the joint. Um, but I have a pretty good short game, and I generally tend to pre- be pretty good with the putter. Um, so that kind of that kind of saves me. But sure. it's good, you know. I, I think um, you know I definitely enjoy playing my guys. I don't do it too too often because it is more it is more about them. But right. you know, we try to we I, I do I do definitely you know, get involved in, in short game stuff and, you know, just kind of contest just to, just to kind of keep them interested a little bit. I, I think it, you know, I'm sure it adds for a little bit of respect, but um, it, it's fun to just engage with the guys. And, you know, when there's, when there's some downtime and we can go out and just have some fun and kick it around and we do it. And then, you know, the majority of the time when we're serious and, and just working on their games, but it, it is definitely fun. And, and I, I still do enjoy playing competitively. Um, I actually have started to work on my game a little bit more uh, recently, which is which is fun. Um, and I'm excited. I got, I got a brand new crop of guys coming in. We just graduated a a pretty uh, you know we had an older team and obviously we we're pretty successful. We got a now we're back to having a younger team, so sure. um, time to get back to work with that. So you you mentioned um, you mentioned you have uh, some some guys leaving, some guys coming in. Let's hit on the last year. So so Nevada reached your first NCAA regional for the first time since 2008 really got a, a, a tough location where you, where you went to Norman, Oklahoma for the regional. There's the number 10 seed didn't make it out of regionals, but the experience of getting there, how much does that really add to the program moving forward? Uh, I think it's huge. Um, you know, we knew we had a special team, um, you know, before the year started and we, we, we made it a goal to talk about regionals. We did it all year round or all year long. Um, and it's not easy. You know, you got 298 division one teams. And I believe the number this year was 59 or 60 somewhere. Actually, I think it was 61 teams that got, uh, in that large bid. So 
it, it is tough. We are a mid-major and we are cold weather and, you know, we have our budget challenges and that's not, you know, something that's a big secret. Um, but we, uh, we had a hell of a year and we, and we proved to a lot of teams and, and, you know, maybe surprised a lot of teams really, but we proved that we were good because we did it all, we did it all year round. Our, our, I'm not sure exactly what our winning record was, but our overall record, but it was, you know, we beat up a lot of good teams and we beat a handful of top 25 teams. And, and I tell you what, we, we were in the mix, um, throughout regionals too. Our guys handled it pretty well. Um, we, we were in the mix in the hunt uh, the last nine holes, and we, we fell you know, we fell a little short, but it was good. It was definitely fun. Yeah, no, absolutely. So you, um, I have to go back to to this uh, to this regional announcement of when you when you did get it. Um, <laughs> so I, for for people that do follow the Golf Channel, that do follow college golf. Um, it, it's become commonplace, kind of similar to I think college golf is taking a taking a page out of college basketball, so a playbook where when these teams get announced and when they get uh, bids into regionals, there's the you know live shot of the team as they see their their school's name flash upon the screen and they all jump up and down or, or uh, applaud or something. Well, um, you have a young gentleman on your team, uh, Joey Verzich, who uh, actually congrats to him just qualified for the USAM yesterday. Um, at the date of this yeah. recording, but um, he decided to celebrate in a, a probably a frightening way for you as the coach. Um, <laughs> w- tell the story of, of the announcement that Nevada is in the regional. Tell, w- walk me through this, this scenario. Cause I'm sure you were there. Yeah. So you had, you had the, uh, you know, you had the, the live posting on the golf channel and there's, you know, the six different regionals and, and we, I think we were all very comfortable that we were going to get announced uh, at that time, we were ranked 57th in the country, and we had just won a tournament, our second to last tournament, and then we finished. Uh, you know, we finished third at at, at uh, conference. So, you know, we were very comfortable that we we're going to get selected. But you literally have you have no idea. I mean, there's no geographic uh, implication on, on sure. where you're going. Um, it's it's pretty much just that uh, you never know. So, you know, I think we were the third. I think we were the third regional announced and you know we're at, at, a, at a at a country club and uh, having you know having lunch and you had the, the media there and and joey uh joey's quite the character he's 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 an incredible athlete uh he really is uh he's he, he is a very good athlete and he just kind of said he wants to do something special and it was kind of uh last minute and they announced us and sure enough he executed a uh perfect uh perfect 10 backflip I'm sure a lot of people saw that. That kind of went viral, and we'll definitely post a video of that uh, with uh, on our on our Instagram page, and make sure people see that. Um, so, speaking of recruiting, you mentioned you got the old guys uh, there taking off, and you got new freshmen, new young kids coming in. You have some guys coming in from, or you have a you have a player coming in from Canada. I, I wanted to ask about international international recruiting. What's your process yeah. for that? Because you can look at scores. And, you know, some, you get some kid lighting it up anywhere, shooting 67, 68s. But if the, if, if the competition isn't really strong or um, maybe you have another guy that's shooting 74s, but it's on a 7,200 yard golf course. Uh, how do you go through that process of recruiting internationally with, when you might not have as much uh, face time or, or personal time uh, with, with that player? Yeah. You know, I, uh, I rely on, I rely on a lot of my instincts. Um, I rely on a lot of relationships with, 
with coaches, uh, you know, foreign coaches. Um, I'm actually not very concerned with golf swing, and uh, I, I think the numbers speak for themselves. So I, I try to build a team that's going to have chemistry. Uh, so I, I go off a lot of personalities, traits of, of the players that I'm recruiting. Um, I mean, I'd be totally honest, and some coaches <laughs> you know, may not say the same thing, but I, I've recruited a handful of players before uh, that, that, have, that have come to Nevada where I've never seen them hit a, never seen them hit a shot at the golf course. Um, so I know that's a little bit different, but I, 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 I trust the people that the coaches that I'm talking to, the scores don't lie. And then, you know, ultimately, you know, the personalities bring them on campus and, and spend, spend a couple of days with them on an official visit and really get to know them. And, um, most of the time when I'm, it, when I do go watch a player, um, I've already, that's probably one of the last things that I do, um, or all are, you know, I've already talked to them, had a relationship. We've even discussed scholarship. We've even had them on campus. And then a lot of times going to watch them is something part of the last part of the process that I do. So maybe a little bit different, but seems to be working out for the most part. Well, I also think that no matter what kind of scores they're shooting, if they don't have the personality and the maturity to balance schoolwork and balance the practicing and, and, and all the travel, it's not going to work out anyway. Right. So getting to know the player, I would imagine, is the most important thing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. getting to know the person Yeah, getting to know the person is, is very important. Um, golf is golf. You know, there's crazy golf swings out there that, that, that get it done. The, the swing itself is pretty, pretty low on my, on my level of, sure. uh, of, of concern. Sure. Well, um, let's talk a little bit about Nevada. So golf is yep. obviously not the only thing going on right there right now. Uh, you've seen huge growth in the university where their enrollment is uh, nearly doubled since you've since you joined uh, the staff and joined the athletic staff. What's a big uh, draw to Nevada right now? I mean, what is a thing that you can really sell to some of your new recruits that are coming in about uh, the experience at Nevada? Well, the campus itself, um, I, I, I know that once I get a player on campus for a visit that, you know, my success rate of, of getting that player is very high. Our campus is gorgeous. Um, it's grown. You know, it, I started uh, 10 years ago. We had 13,000. Now we're over 22,000 right now, and there's new buildings everywhere, and it's all beautiful brick, and they did a really good job of tying it in. And there's slot machines um, in every every dorm room, right? Pretty much, pretty much. No, yeah, everywhere you go, it's, it's, it, you can you can you can find it if you want it. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, the, the campus is beautiful, and the president uh, has really uh, done an awesome job, and our, our director of athletics has you know really uh, is taking care of every sport, not just the big sports, uh, which is good to feel that love. Um, you know, being a, a smaller Olympic sport. Um, yeah, it, it's our campus is awesome. The town is, is really growing. It's cleaned up. Uh, you know, we have a lot of um, you know the real estate is booming, and a lot of tech companies and, and Tesla and other you know things are have uh, migrated to Reno. And, and yeah, it, it's it's a it's a cool spot. So what's the environment like around basketball season right now? Because you guys, Nevada is just really taking off uh, on the basketball scene. Is is pretty much that the the hottest ticket in town right now in Reno? You know, you, you kind of try to figure out whether you're a, a football or basketball school because I'm sure if you look at it, there's very few that have both. And I've always felt we're a basketball school, certainly nothing against other programs, but, you know, our basketball right now is is, is just Coach Mush is doing an amazing job. Um, there's a huge buzz 
uh, around the community and, and nationally. I mean, we're preseason top five, and he's doing an amazing job, and he's he's an awesome dude. He's 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 very supportive of other coaches. He's very visible. I mean, I've I've uh, several times uh, walked into my office and had a, a note on a, on an article, you know, that was in the paper about our program and a handwritten note from him. So that's definitely cool, and it, you know, it, it's a it's a good a good vibe, good buzz around the, around the athletic department. And, you know, there's no doubt that, uh, you know, when, when programs, bigger programs around the university are doing well, uh, that it helps out the, it helps out every sport. So, you know, it, it's pretty cool. Excellent. Excellent. You know, you're doing, you're doing great out in Nevada and, and working with these young kids, but, you know, I, I guess we can look back to your, your experience at, uh, at Haney's International Junior Golf Academy really was uh, setting the the groundwork for you to take on this position and you know most people when they think of Hank Haney they think of hey he he was Tigers coach and all this experience um with professional players but but Haney was actually the head coach at SMU so can you speak to the relationship that you still have with him and how he's helped you you know form your coaching uh ideology and your strategy moving forward yeah you know he he always had he had stories uh you know stories about Tiger, stories uh, about people he, you know, he's a great storyteller too. Um, but, you know, I was, my ears perked up every time he talked about college golf because, like I mentioned, I wanted to be a college golf coach. And, you know, he was very successful at SMU. And one of the things that still sticks with me, and, and we still, you know, we still communicate, um, is just the importance of, of just working hard and how hard work is going to beat talent a lot of times and how how he had teams that, that weren't very talented uh, in the grand scheme of things, but they outworked people and, and how, you know, at tournaments, you know, very often they were the last ones to leave the golf course. And, and I think one of the reasons why we had such a great year, I'm sure there was plenty of them, but uh, is, is we, we were that team, even when we were, if we had a bad round and we, and we were in the afternoon, we'd play in the morning and we, you know, we'd come back and practice. Or if we had a later tea time and, and, and we, the guys would just keep grinding and, and very, very often we were the last team to leave the golf course. And that's something that, that struck a chord with that Hank talked about, um, you know, why I worked for him at IJBA that, you know, that really has always stuck with me. And, 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 and we still talk to this day, 10 years later, and, and, and I'm not afraid to ask for help. I, uh, I, I send him videos quite often of, of, uh, some swing video stuff, uh, for some of my guys that are struggling and, you know, we'll have a, you know, we'll have a, you know, text conversation back and forth and, you know, we're, what's the ball doing? What's this blah, blah, blah. And, and he's, he's always been gracious enough to uh, help me out and very appreciative of that. Yeah, no, that's great to have someone like Hank Haney just as a kind of an unofficial advisor to kind of help you out with uh, when you're in a tight spot. Can't ask for anything more than that. Um, well, Jacob, let's, uh, we, we, we like to get people out of here with a couple of quick questions. That's uh, the quick bucket here at the back of the range. So, um, let me ask you a couple of questions. Um, so Jack Nicholas won the 1986 masters at the yep. age of 46. Let's compare that to a yes, potential sir. fit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I want to get <laughs> Vern Lundquist on here so bad. If, Vern, if you're listening, oh. I want you bad. Um, so he, yeah, he spoke at the, uh, he spoke at the, uh, three-man USGA three-man state team it's pretty good yeah I wish I was there for that so um so Jack 86 at the Masters at the age of 46 compare that to a potential fifth green jacket of Tiger Woods which would be the more substantial victory can I be bi- bipartisan on that one I mean Jack at 46 but 
I mean, I'm a Tiger fan. I mean, okay. I think he's one of the, I think he's one of the best athletes in the history of sports. Uh, and I would, I would love to see him uh, win another major. I, I think, he, I think once he wins uh, another PGA Tour event, which I know he will, I think that I don't, I don't think players forget how to, you know, forget how to win. And once he wins, he's gonna, I think he's gonna hit the Flag ground gates. running and, and win, win again. Yeah. So I guess I guess I'll I guess I'll take Tiger. I'll okay. take Tiger's win over Jack. Okay. Um, let's see here. We're recording this right before the Open Championship, so I'll just throw this one in here. This will be fun to come back to and listen to this episode right after. But uh, who is your Open Championship pick to win? And then if you had to pick someone in the field that is going to have a Jean Vandeveld moment, like the one he had at the Carnoustie <laughs> in '99, who would that who would that person be? Oh boy, I might get I might get in trouble if I answer that one. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say that my long shot is Bernard Langer. I'm gonna say he's gonna be in contention. I don't think uh, I don't think distance off the tee is very important to this golf course. Oh boy, if I say if I say Phil, I'm gonna get in trouble from his, <laughs> his buddy from his from his. If I say Phil doing something crazy, I'm gonna get in trouble from his, his his brother Tim, who I'm good friends with. But I guess I'll have to go with that. Hopefully, that doesn't come back and bite me. Well, you know, um, he's he's done stuff like that in the past, so it's not like it's a big long shot. I mean, he he had the the thing at Wingfoot, but uh, but but yeah, right. that has happened in the past. Actually, there's a picture online of Phil hitting a bunker shot uh, right now. Um, uh, right, and, a, and it says, "Please don't use the bunker." <laughs> it's yeah, a, it's a close right. bunker. Yeah, Phil's always doing stuff. Um, let me see if you can get, if you can give a major championship to anyone in history, uh, live or dead, or or you know, they could have one major, they could have eighteen majors. Who would you give a major championship to? Well, I don't think uh, I'm trying to think of his name. Um, I don't think he ended up winning one, but uh, Roberto uh, DiVincenzo. Divincenzo, was he, that? No, yeah, he, he Roberto did. Roberto he did win. He did win one. Yeah, he won a British Open. Actually, uh, six. He should have won. I know he should have won. He should have won two. He should have won two, though. I know. So I, I would probably say I'd give him an extra one just because he. Uh, I mean, the poor guy signed an incorrect scorecard, or else he would have won the Masters. I know. I know. That uh, that is one of the. <laughs> that is an absolutely crazy one. Well, Jacob, uh, I really appreciate the time. Um, you know, I know it's a busy summer for recruiting. You're you're going back and forth between uh, uh, Reno and all the uh, different areas in between to look for uh, new players and, and solidifying your roster for next year. We will definitely uh, definitely keep an eye on, every, on everything Nevada um, and all the things that your team is going to accomplish and hopefully make it back-to-back uh, visits to the regionals next year and uh, enjoy the rest of your summer and uh, hopefully we'll get some golf in soon. Yeah, thanks, Ben. I appreciate the support, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, you know another exciting year for our program and uh, good stuff to come. Awesome. And there you have it, another great episode here at the back of the range. Thanks so much to Coach Jacob Wilner of the University of Nevada Wolfpack. Congrats on their most recent victory. Remember, we are on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter. All that information is available in the show notes of this podcast. So we'll see you next week here at the back of the range.